Once upon a time, in a land far away. I'm Katrina, and I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Fairy Tellers Podcast. Myth, legend, folklore, fable. We explore what they say about cultures then and now. Grab a hot cup of cocoa and a comfy seat while we retell you a thing. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you here. I'm excited to be here. We're going back someplace that we haven't been for a little while. Katrina might feel like we're going back home because we are going <laughs> to Thailand, which, fun fact, is also one of, outside of the United States, like the place that we have the most listeners. Yeah. Supposedly unrelated to you having lived there as well. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, because like what's crazy is like at first, when we, two years ago when we first started the podcast, I thought because our first biggest area that we had like listeners yeah. for the longest time, I think it wasn't it. It was like Thailand, Turkey, and then the United States. Yeah. Um, and so at was, first I was like, oh, that's really nice that like yeah. some of the people who I'm friends with are probably like courtesy listening to the podcast. Uh-huh. But then it's like, but then it became so many people and yeah. tens of thousands. Like, I, don't, I don't have that many friends. Yeah. Uh, I was, Thailand. yeah, I was like, no, I do not have that many friends that are listening. <laughs> that would be, um, that'd be crazy. And so, yeah, it, it's like, oh, wow. I mean, probably the way algorithms and stuff like work. Right. Because pro- there was like so many people in town, like, oh, people in Thailand love this show. Let's, promote yeah, it to other yeah. people. Yeah, so it was probably like other, um, the way that, you know, like Apple or Spotify or whatever works is like, oh, a lot of people in your area are enjoying this. Maybe you'll enjoy it too. And so, yeah, I'm excited for, yeah, doing a Thailand episode. This one is actually, it is a listener request and a story that I've wanted to cover for a while because I mean, we'll, we'll get into it probably like in a little bit, but yeah, this is a listener request from Lena who she was one of the people who actually made us decide that this was what we wanted to do this year of taking listener requests. Cool. I didn't know that. Well, I, yeah, like I had been thinking about it and then um, she had come over to the Facebook page and was mm. like, Hey, I would love to hear like more like Thai stories. And she was like, if you need resources, like, like here's some like resources of stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And I started to, that's when I started to talk to you about like, what would you think about? Cause we actually like behind the scenes talk time, uh, podcast friends, <laughs> I had a different project lined up for this year that I had like wanted to do, which is like, it's fine. It can put, put that on the back burner. Like we'll deal with it later. Like that, like it's not a project that was time sensitive, but it's a good project. So get excited for 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. But yeah, Lena reaching out and having like the requests Got me thinking about like, you know what, we've got a, we've got several people who have like asked really insightful questions and who have reached out with like uh, episode suggestions. And so I was like, you know what, this might be a better project to do than the one that I had planned. So I'm like, thank you, Lena. And also, I hope you like this episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's like, oh, they butchered the story. Like, they're horrible. I wish I never had suggested they do this. Yeah. <laughs> so the story that we are going to be telling today is called Pi Kun Thong and means golden flower. It's a very specific golden flower, which like we'll get into in the story. So what was also interesting while I was like trying to look up, you all know me, you know that like, <laughs> if I know, like if I find a story in one place, I want to trace it back to kind of like the earliest one that I can find. And yeah. of course, like stories that are from non-English speaking <laughs> countries, it is a little more difficult because I want to make sure that I'm finding one that's not just like some colonizers version of like yeah it's the tough thing like. that we, it's the tough thing that we have about being english speakers trying to do this because like the further back we go in english translations like the sketcher it becomes how like rigorous they were being about it yeah so it's like you it's better and worse at the same time yeah <laughs> so it's like you need to find like a new translation of an old like non-english version which exactly is hard because it's like they're not popular they're, you know unless it is really popular they're not going to go back and do new translations of these really old stories especially like yeah like like old stories they have to be popular in like they, they think they would be popular for an english-speaking audience right because yeah exactly. it's like they might know like oh this is a really well-known story this is a really yeah, popular yeah, yeah. story but do but, americans care enough for us to like devote translation time so speaking exactly to that point jeff as i was looking for this story this story does have a long history like in thailand there are so many um it's it's one that's been very popular to um make into like movies or mm -hmm. like tv series there is this whole genre in thai tv that is based on so they have ones that are like what what i what the word we would use is a period piece uh-huh um there's a whole genre of that where they there's certain time periods that are rich for realistic stories but then they also have sets of tv shows that are period piece but fantasy Okay. And I'm trying to think of, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like Game of Thrones, but that's like a, a very new yeah, uh, but it, but TV show. But but yeah, because it's like it's totally fantasy, totally fantastical, but it's like it's based on stories of history. And a lot of the stuff is based on like and, and medieval like, culture. Exactly. Whatever. And like that medieval time period, because that's yeah. that is kind of like what a lot of these stories go back to is like like Thailand in a romanticized like 15th, 16th century. Uh -huh. And that's kind of what happens in like the Witcher. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah. there's another easily well, grabbable one that we talked about. It's kind of like where the fantasy genre, well, as we kind of think of it in modern day, although it has gone through kind of a, a bit of a shift too, because there's a lot of like urban fantasy and stuff like that too. But it's like, you know, starting from like Tolkien. Yeah. There's like elves and dwarves and people like living in trees and living under the ground. But the world of the humans is kind of, it's not as closely based on medieval history or whatever. It's kind of 
but anyway but a lot of the stuff that has come since then has definitely been like that like if you think about like games like you know dungeons and dragons even and lots of fantasy is like for whatever reason we're like oh let's go back to the medieval times yeah like it's like oh that's where we're gonna set the costumes and then also add on these like extra elements of like dragons and giants and like all magic and that yeah i have like a kind of a theory about it in that like i think guns kind of ruin fantasy in a way like when you're because a lot of it has to do with like war and like fighting but it's like guns aren't very like you can kind of like romanticize like a sword fight yeah there's a little more like skill yeah that is, not like, to say that like marksmanship isn't like a thing but yeah right like, but it's kind of like but skill that you can like talk about in a visual way where it's like he aimed his sights and he was like dead on and he squeezed the trigger like softly enough that he didn't jerk his hand and it went (laughs) on target. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, guns, especially in like the written word. And there are probably people that do it really, really well. uh, But like, I don't know. It's harder to like romanticize. I'm sure there are people that can do it in like kind of a more modern setting that makes it kind of interesting or like a wild West or something. But yeah, that's my theory. Yeah. I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder Uh, if there's some country out there that they're like their fantasy. They're like, 1980s that's when we set all of our fantasy <laughs> in like that's the heyday of no, fantasy or, in our culture or even like i mean it's like how like westerns have kind of gotten kind of like a revival in the united states yeah in recent years and like there's part of me that wonders if 1980 is going to be like a setting that people romanticize in oh, yeah. like 2,283. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And so like, we'll never, we'll never see it, but. We're already doing it. Yeah. Stranger Things. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean. It's more by, sci-fi, but. By 2,283, there won't be people, there won't be as many people who are like, um, there weren't blockbusters that had that kind of logo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yet. That's wrong. Or like, yeah. Which is exactly what people who are historical costumers, they, uh-huh. That's they look, they do. They, yeah, they look back or they look at different series and like the costumes and they're like, they're like, no, everything about that is like yeah. wrong or but like, it's... or two years. They're like, that's 10 years too early. But most people like me are like, oh, look, old clothes. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> I don't know any better. Um, but anyway, back to like this. So this story has actually been used as inspiration for um, different Thai TV shows in that same style. And... It's interesting because if you read like the synopsis for the TV show, you'll see that like it does not line up with the story that we're going to be telling because they're right because it's over like a TV series. It's kind of like, um, I was like say, the Witcher, yeah, like oh, yeah, like the Witcher, uh, where they're using the character, but then also you know a longer storyline that like includes more like finding a prince losing a prince being turned into like a bird being hunted by Uh like being kidnapped by a giant being like all this stuff like the tv series is very different from this story but it's interesting because like this story is 
like it's it's it is just like a common story and the version that i was able to find because i was looking for one that had like a thai source because mm-hmm. the version that i had that i would read to my children was by tuttle publishing but an american author so tuttle yeah. publishing is based in i want to say japan they do a lot of yeah um Asian and Southeast Asian publishing materials. And they're one of my favorite for finding stuff to give kind of that, some of that culture, like to yeah. my children. I was going to say like, for my very uninformed uh, opinion, they seem to do pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I wanted a, a, a Thai translation. Yeah. So I went looking and the book that I found is called Fascinating Folktales of Thailand. And it is retold and translated into English by a a Thai author. And I'm going to try to say their name and I hope everyone's understanding. Thonapol Chad Chidi. And this author has a bachelor's of art degree an ma degree and also a phd so so they know what they're handling uh when they uh rewrote the story but it was this one this book was published in 2011 so exactly jeff what you just said about yeah like instead of going the dream scenario yeah it's like instead of going back to the oldest white person wrote it down in English. This one is one where it is a Thai person more recently publishing stories into English that they think might be of interest to people. That's awesome. Now I feel like an idiot for being like, like that would happen because that's exactly (laughs) what did happen. I felt more like what you were saying was like, oh, that's the dream scenario. When when it happens, it's amazing. And I'm like, it is. I'm so glad that you could make my dreams come true. I'm so glad that my my searching ended up being worth it. Yeah. I'm I'm like we could end the podcast here. Like I'm just happy with that. <laughs> Although I do kind of want to hear the story. So you can continue. Then I will. So, before I start, this story I have not found it inside of any lists of tale type 480, the kind and the unkind girl story mm-hmm. but what is crazy is that when i started to study folk tales yeah when i found this story almost exactly in a collection from charles perrault in mm-hmm. france and it would like and that they were like oh this is like the 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 main example of this tale type i was yeah. like wait but this is exactly the story <laughs> Of Pi Quin Thong. So I love that. Yeah, I was like, how did this happen? Yeah, because to me, to me, this is a this is a Thai story. Yeah. And so then to find out that like it is also a French story. But what's interesting too, um, in the history of Thailand is that since basically like the medieval period, Thailand has had a kingdom. The borders have constantly been fought over for like hundreds of years. But the the kingdom of Ayutthaya was very well connected mm-hmm. 
because of its placement in Southeast Asia and where they had set up their kingdom. Yeah. And so the there were representatives from Ayutthaya that would go to other countries, like that would go to Europe to visit dignitaries and dignitaries would come to Thailand and visit this kingdom. And so I know that there are these like connected roots. And so even though it's like, I know to a lot, a lot of other people like Thailand isn't their center of their universe or whatever. And so they might not <laughs> think, you know, like, Oh, that, I don't know any trade routes that lead through like Thailand, but like historically, like, no, this was a very well connected kingdom. That was all to say that it's really interesting to me that this story to me was Thai, <laughs> but it's, it, who knows? Who knows where it came from or whatever? Obviously on this podcast, we've talked about Cinderella stories, the oldest being in China. And so who's to say where it came first? I don't know. Oh, and also before we start, I don't know how long different people have been like following the podcast, but I do. I talk about how much I um, grew up and lived like in Thailand, but I do want to remind our listeners that like I'm not a Thai person. Because they, they can't see your face. But yeah, they can't see my face. And I your do pasty not. white face. <laughs> I do not want to like misrepresent myself. But it's interesting because, I mean, somebody asked on Instagram because I wrote something about like living in Thailand. And then somebody asked me on Instagram if I was Thai. Uh -huh. And it was like, no. But then it was it was an interesting interaction because they were kind of like, well, OK, so like you're as Thai as any white American, which is none. Yeah. And I'm like, but, correct. Except. Correct, but also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I I grew up there and in the same it's so hard to explain to people who have like lived in one area like their whole life. Yeah. Like what it feels like to move to a country where like you don't even have the same birds. Yeah. You don't you don't have the same <laughs> shampoo smell. You uh, don't have the same like fruit. You yeah. can't I can't even buy fruit here that the only people who seem to kind of like understand what I'm talking about when I talk about that are like when I have met people who are Thai who grew up yeah. in Thailand, but then like moved to the United States. And then we talk to each other about like, you know, like how hard that is. And it's probably a weird feeling for them to be looking at my pasty white face <laughs> <laughs> and being like, Oh, this lady gets it. Yeah. And it's like, because they also are experiencing an even heavier yeah. burden that I feel like than than I'm feeling missing home. Right. It's like a weird in-between place. Cause it's like it would be super racist to say that to someone who like grew up in America to be like, oh, you're not so you're not really American. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if they were from their family moved here from another country. Yeah. Like that would be super rude and like offensive to say, but like because you're white and you're in America now, yeah. like you're not in Thailand. Like, I guess it would be offensive for a Thai person to say that to you, but it's also kind of like, I don't know, but you're kind of like, I get, it. I don't know. It's also weird too, yeah, because America is a, a different country culturally as well. Yeah. Just I mean, as far as far as like, yeah, it's funny know. because of like, there's like, there's a term for weirdos like me. That's third culture kids, <laughs> because uh -huh. it's like, I'm not, 
culturally, I'm not American. I have a passport, but a passport is not a culture. You know what I mean? Like, I have always had an American passport, but I did not grow up with the same, like, lifestyle as, and the same life experiences as, like, an American. But also, I'm not a Thai person, and I'm not fully Thai culture, like, either. Yeah. And and there's I'm like there's lots of displaced people like that like me. What right. they, and that's why they have a term like third culture kids. Yeah, Cuz your culture is a culture that's neither one of those two things. It's like a yeah. third very interesting combination of the two that is like somewhat unique to you. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like it, it it's like a super weird situation. But just so that everybody who's listening knows yeah. Like I'm not claiming to like be a a Thai person, and if you you know ever see my face, don't be surprised at how white I am. She's very white. So Pi Kun Thong, the golden flower. Mm. So there was once a beautiful girl named Pi Kun, and she was said to not only be good to look at. But also, she was very well behaved, very kind, very considerate, the classic kind and unkind girl, you know, like kind girl, like trope. Um, And her mother died when she was at a very young age, and her father ended up remarrying. And the stepmother had another daughter named Mei Li. And unfortunately, both the new stepmother and the daughter were very cruel and unkind to Pikun. Typical. Typical. I'm like, so far, no one is surprised. Um, so they forced her to work hard, doing all the chores all day long, every day. But Pikun tried to do all of that without complaint and as you know, graciously as possible. So one day after she was done uh, pounding rice, you know, turning into like a nice rice flour, Pikun went to fetch water from a stream and on her way back from fetching water at a stream, she saw this old woman who, you know, was on the path and the old woman asked her for some water to drink. She was really, really thirsty, and this poor old lady couldn't get all the way down to the water. And Pikun was like, of course I'm going to help you. Of course, like, let me get you some water. And she told her, hey, drink as much of this as you want. If you want more, I can go get it for you. If you want to wash your face or your body to refresh yourself with it, like, whatever you need, I will get it for you, you sweet old lady. I am the kind girl, after all. Of course, yeah. She's like, like very on brand. And the old woman, after hearing all this, she like smiled at Pequin and she was like, you are so beautiful and kind inside. And even though I was a poor old woman and I look shabby and dirty, you still treated me kindly and with respect. And because you were so respectful of me, I am going to give you a blessing. And this old woman blessed her that anytime she felt compassion or sympathy for another, golden flowers from a bulletwood tree, that the flowers and the tree are also called pikun. Mm-hmm. 
that the like that golden flowers would come from her mouth. And if you like look up these flowers, they are these like they are these tiny little like star flowers, not like five pointed star, but I mean like they look like little like like sunbursts and they're uh-huh. just like these tiny little flowers. So it's like just that that image of these like tiny little star blossoms of gold, you know, just like coming out of her mouth. Anytime that she felt any sympathy or compassion towards anybody, these like flowers would like fall from her mouth. So immediately after this old lady had like blessed Pequin Thong because now it's golden flower. The uh thong? It's so I'm like Thai sound it sounds like I'm saying thong. I know that thong, the thong, thong, thong. It's been but, so hard not to say that every time, Katrina. <laughs> but like It's a D. No no no. What's it is the T H makes a T sound with an H breath that is supposed to uh, lead to thong. an but it's supposed to lead to like an an XNG sound. What is an XNG sound? I know. That's what I'm like. <laughs> You're like, trust so it's like, me. So it's like, it's not thong. It's like thong. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Because yeah. also it's so. not that. It's just- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, And it's like, I'm not. When you look at, see how it's spelled. When you like look up the story. The first name is spelled P-H-I. K U L, but the mm. L needs to make an like an L N sound, emphasis right. on like an N sound, and the P H does not make an F sound like we think in like American like English like phonics. Yeah. It makes just a P sound, right? And so it's P kun, but it's not spelled like if you saw it written in. Romanized letters, it it doesn't. You wouldn't pronounce no it clue. correctly. Yeah. yeah. So everybody just know that at no point am I saying this correctly, and and I am aware of that, which is why you know it's also important to start off the podcast by saying I'm not a Thai person. So they're like, "Why is this person who says she grew up in Thailand <laughs> pronouncing every single word wrong?" It's like, well, okay, listen, it's because my mouth has a tough time. There's a reason, and it's a good one. <laughs> so immediately after Pequin was blessed by this old woman, the old woman like disappeared. So Pequin knew that this woman, you know, had to be some kind of like spirit that had come to her like in disguise, right? S- some of some holy like person. Um, so she quickly a fairy godmother of sorts. A fairy godmother of sorts, <laughs> except not. Right. So after, so she went, got more water, then hurried home. And of course, she was running late after helping this like old lady. Oh. And so her stepmother took this opportunity to yell at her and, you know, heap all this like verbal abuse like upon her and then finally ask, you know, where were you? What took you so long? And so Pequin started to tell her stepmother like where she had been. And as she was speaking and then remembering how she felt compassion and sympathy for like this old, this poor old woman who was just 
so mm. thirsty, these golden flowers started to like sprinkle and flow like out of her ah. mouth, like onto the floor. And immediately the stepmother was like, oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> now I just want to scoop all of these like golden flowers up because so when you they're say made, golden, they're made, they're made of, of gold. gold. Yes, okay. they're not like gold colored. They're just like, like yellow. They're literally gold. made of gold. Okay, that's yes. the clarifying point that I wanted to make. So I was like, are yes, they yes, just yes. like really pretty and you can sell them? But it's like, they're made of gold. So hmm, it's like, it's hard to tell because like in the story, she sells them for money. Right. So they might be flowers that are golden because there's a lot of, I want to say like flower craft. I'm sure that there's a, a better word for it. There's a lot of flower craft in um, Thailand where um, flowers are taken and, or like pliable wood are taken to create. Uh, I'm like, what is like a right word for it? Because it, it's like almost like alms. It's like a symbol of respect that you would either you would like give gift to like like a a parent but also like at the what something that you would um like give yeah and it's not because i know like a lot of people like in their minds like might think of like lays like a hawaiian like lay like the like right. necklaces made out of flowers but these are like um they would fit on like your hands like if you put your two hands together they would fit like over like your fingers okay and so like a lot of there's a lot of like jasmine flowers so flowers do have like a like a, a a market worth. Yeah. Uh, and so they might be flowers that are golden colored. Right. Which would make them very valuable because you could take those and like bring them to the Wat and like give to like Buddha uh -huh. as like alms. And and so they're like, yeah. So either way, gotcha. they, they have a yeah. commercial value. Yeah. Because people will even, like, when you're riding in, like, a taxi, like, in Thailand, they'll have that hung from, like, the rearview mirror in their taxi. But also at the front of the taxi, they have different, um, like, charms and amulets. It's, like, like a little sacred space that they've kind of set yeah, up. That's kind of neat. Yeah, to, like, keep them religiously minded, but also to, like, bless their, like, car uh-huh. Yeah. And so like you see these like crafts made out of like flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Like all over the place, whether they're laid at spirit houses or at Watts or like inside of people's own personal homes where they've set up sacred spaces like in their homes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm spending a lot of time talking about like the importance of like flowers, that flowers have a commercial value. Anyway, the stepmother immediately saw their commercial value. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, we're going to do something with it. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, we're going to be rich. Especially all these like, you know, perfect flowers that'll be like perfect to sell like at the market. They're like very valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so she wanted to force Pequin to like keep talking so that she could keep like gathering <laughs> all of these like flowers up for more and more and more money. Please continue to have compassion on me. Yeah. Is that what it is when she has compassion? Yeah, when she like feels sympathy for somebody yeah. or yeah. 
So it's like, it's going to be hard to be like, oh, I'm feeling sympathy for you with how excited about how rich you're going to be. Yeah, exactly. Or even it's like, how do you like demand that somebody be in a like, you know, even like a, a because when you're showing sympathy for somebody or having compassion for them, that takes an emotional toll on you. Like that is yeah. emotionally exhausting. Yeah. As well as like her having to talk was giving her like a sore throat until, you know, she kind of reached a point where like she could not speak anymore. Even if she wanted to, even like as upset as her stepmother got at her and started beating her because she wouldn't talk, she like couldn't talk anymore. A classic way to get someone to be sympathetic towards you is to beat them physically. Yeah, be like, <laughs> ah! Sympathize! Yeah. This lady. Oh, man. So, to satisfy her own greed... This stepmother decided that she would send her own daughter, Mei Li, to go do what Pi Kuen had done. Because, of course, they knew because they'd made her tell like this story about this old lady. So, Mei Li went out to the same place to go, you know, gather water and like, you know, look around. But instead of meeting an old woman there, she met a beautiful woman who was wearing very impressive clothes, who was standing oh. in the shade of this, like, big tree. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yes. And so this, you know, fine, wealthy-looking woman standing under the shade of this, like, big tree saw Mei Li and asked for a drink of water. And immediately, Mei Li, like, got angry <laughs> because she was like, Obviously, she was looking at this woman and was like, oh, you think that you're so much better than me? <laughs> that that you're going to be like, oh, peasant girl, go get, make, go get me some like water or whatever. So she, you know, was immediately rude to this woman, refused to get her any water. And not only that, was like saying rude words and like cursing at this like woman. So it's Safe like not say, only she did not understand the assignment. Yes. To use an already dated reference that will date this. <laughs> oh man. So after Maylee had like cursed out this like woman who's standing in the shade of the tree, this woman was like, okay, I can see what kind of a person you are in your heart and placed a curse on Maylee that whenever she got angry, Oh, and boy. spoke unkind words. Oh gosh. Worms would fall oh. out of her mouth. Oh man, that's a that is a killer curse right there. That's Yeah. That's no, well thought no. through. No. Well, it is well thought through. The thing is is it's not every time she talks. It's whenever she is saying unkind whenever she's saying ugly things. Yeah. Worms are going to come out of her mouth. So she can control that. Can she though? Uh, no. Yeah. Because of the saying. type of person that she is. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. you could sell those worms to fishermen and make a killing. Wow. And it's a lot easier to make someone angry by beating them than it is <laughs> to make them sympathize with you by beating them. This stepmother is actually like going to be. Yeah. You're like endless worms. Yeah. yeah. I, buy a know, fishing, I, buy a fishing boat. It's time to chum them waters. <laughs> anyway. So at first. May Lee didn't realize, you know, what happened. Uh, oh, she, so it's like a secret curse. She didn't say, like, I curse you with this. It was just like. Yeah, it was just like, uh, 
she put a curse on her and then like disappeared. And so Maylee, Maylee, you know, got some water and was, you know, walking around for a little while, getting angry and angry, like more and more like upset. Uh. And finally, you know, she gets back home and with like the water and she's just like, she gets back home and she's like, P. Quinn, like she lied because... Like, there was no old lady, and all I saw was this person, and blah, 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 blah. And as she's talking, and she's angry, and she's upset, <laughs> all these worms start flying out of her mouth, and her mother's like, ah, like, what's wrong with you? Disgusting. And also the mom, like, the mom, like, hearing the story, realizing that, like, it was a, it wasn't a poor old woman. It was, mm-hmm. like, a, a rich woman under a tree or whatever. Yeah. She thought that P. Quinn had lied because she right. wanted something bad to like happen uh, to her daughter. And she, so she starts beating Pequin and drives her like oh, out man. of like the house out into, you know, the jungle. And so Pequin, she's wandering through the forest alone crying. You know, she's really, really upset. But fortunately, as she's like crying in the jungle, like really upset, a young prince is passing by. You know, he's riding on uh, it says he's like riding on a horse um, with some of his soldiers. And when he hears like a young woman just like crying somewhere, he immediately like stops the like his horse, the procession of soldiers. And he's like, there's somebody in trouble, like in these woods, like we need to find this person. There's somebody out here. In this jungle, who's like crying? So they look around, and he he finds Pikun crying, and he goes over to her, and he's like, "Like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Is like everything all right?" And she starts telling him her story, and as she's like telling him the story of like what has happened, these golden flowers start like falling out of her mouth again, and the prince who felt sympathy towards her, like compassion towards her for like mm-hmm. what she had like been through and also seeing how blessed she was because of the kind person that she was. He fell in love with her and he asked if she would come back with him to his kingdom and marry him. And that is exactly what P. Quinn did. She went back with him to his kingdom and they got married and the whole city was able to live happily ever after because they were ruled by two kind and compassionate people. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That ending right there, like just that part of like, because they were ruled by kind and compassionate people. That's an element that I have not seen. And I love that. No, and that emphasis too. Like I that that emphasis is one that I've seen come up more in stories in Asia and like uh-huh. Southeast Asia. Because oh, there's a lot of their stories that come from um the Indian Panchatantra. Yeah. And the Indian Panchatantra, those stories like they're they're inside of a collection of tales that the the types of tales that they are, are um, stories for princes that are supposed to teach what kind rulers are. And so a lot of like the, the stories in this time period, like the emphasis, the point of them is to kind of teach this lesson of what leaders, what good leaders are. Yeah. And also a lot of stories that come 
into this area are from the Jakarta, which is a collection of tales about the Buddha mm-hmm. and lessons that he taught from his past lives about like similar things of right. like kindness and goodness, how us on a human level can stop suffering and hurt and evil being on yeah. like on a personal level, on a family level, on a community level, and then on a right. kingdom wide, like country level. Yeah, That's awesome. And so like this story, that emphasis, like right at the end, especially of like, he was compassionate, like the, the prince had compassion for her. And then yeah. he saw that she was that kind of a person. And he was like, I'm attracted to the kind of person that isn't just like beautiful, but has right. been blessed because they have shown these characteristics like in the past. Yeah. They, like they've already proved themselves. Like he was I, like, I am attracted to that. I love that. And it's also because like right up until you said that, I had the thought coming to mind. It's like in all these stories, it's like the kind girl, she's kind. Like even in the the Cinderella version. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, that's Cinderella's like defining attribute is that she is kind. Yes. But then it's like the prince, it's like, why does, why mm-hmm. would she want to be with the prince other than the fact that he's like rich and powerful? And it's like, yeah. you know, that it's one of those things. It's like, oh, I thought I, I, you took that in a different way than I thought you were going to take it. Uh, your point, I, I like, especially because I like had not thought of it. I love hearing other people's ideas. Yeah. So it's like in this one, you're finally like, oh, this is a reason why she would like him. I was thinking the opposite direction of usually what the prince finds attractive about Cinderella, even though she is kind. He is like, yeah, he's like, oh, you're beautiful. But you're right, too, of the only thing that the prince or that Cinderella can see in the prince is, oh, he has money and is willing to marry me. And is like You're, a good dancer, I guess. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, and I love that that you said that because like I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, but it's like, and both of those things. It's like both of yeah. those things are great. And it's like, I love that it comes together with both of those. Like, like he, yeah. he recognizes, because I didn't think of that either. Like that he recognized that she was kind, you know. Yeah. Because uh, again, even though mm-hmm. that is her d- defining characteristic in the other stories, that's not what the prince cares about. Yeah. So much. Or at least it's not obvious. Like it's not necessarily explicitly stated that that that's what he found attractive but he's always like yeah. i'm gonna marry the person that ha- owns this beautiful shoe because you know if there's anything i'm attracted to it's a woman that wears a size six <laughs> yeah that's yeah. pretty small that's a small foot isn't it size six it is a small foot but it's not <laughs> it's not an unheard of like small foot like that, that's not a ridiculous my yeah. feet were size six before i had children which yeah. people did look at my foot and out loud from their mouths in front of me would say you have a really small foot it's such a like you know what i mean like it's yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. if people are silently thinking to themselves like uh-huh. oh that person's weirdly proportioned like it's another when they're so shocked by how disproportionate you are that, that they have to say it out loud yeah that it just like spews out of their mouth of like dang your feet are tiny like yeah. like wow you were so shocked you didn't check yourself before you you blurted that out yeah, but anyway, well, after I had kids, my feet got bigger and now my feet are a size um, seven and a half, which is like a totally normal sized uh, woman foot as opposed enough. to before when apparently it was so freakish <laughs> that people had to comment on it. Yep. 
But no, size six. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I got like derailed by <laughs> by trying to tell you that like no, size six is a small size for a foot, but not a like yeah. impossible. It's not an impossibly small foot. Good to know. But no, I like I like that you pointed out that he is attracted to her because she is kind and he likes that in a person instead of it just being like or wait you pointed it that's what you pointed out that's what i pointed out you pointed out that she's attracted to him because he is like a kind person also that had compassion like for her so what is super super fascinating to me about this and i said it like kind of at the beginning is that um so i knew this story this is like this is a it's a it's a well-known thai fairy tale yeah and I was exposed to this fairy tale as a Thai tale before I knew about the French version, which goes by two names. It's either called The Fairies mm-hmm. or it's called Toads and Diamonds. Guess okay. why it's called Toads and Diamonds? Because if you're a mean s- stepsister, toads fall out of your mouth. But if you're a kind young lass, then diamonds fall out of your mouth. Yeah. And the story, it's it's so fascinating because it's like the story is pretty much like identical. Exactly the same. Yeah, except that it's fairies or mm-hmm. a fairy that that are encountered in like the woods and like kindness is shown. Yeah. And this curse is like put on, you know, yeah, the sisters who are kind versus like unkind. So it pretty much like ends the same way and we've talked about this before this tale type is an offshoot of like cinderella stories like the persecuted heroine right. yeah 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 and so you know they it ends pretty much in like the same way of like and a prince seeing diamonds falling out and, and usually in like that version it's like he sees diamonds falling out of her mouth and is like i see that your beautiful and valuable objects are falling out of your mouth yeah ergo i want to marry you and with that interpretation too, like I do want to believe that it's not gold flowers, but like golden colored flowers. Me too. And I think that is like, how, like in the translation, I think that is more of like how it is borne out as like the flowers are golden in color, but they have a value for kind of like what they could be used for like spiritually, but also just as a symbol, not as a like, oh, you're a goose that lays golden eggs. Like, (laughs) no, it's just, it's just like a symbol of like the beauty that is within that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like, oh, you are (laughs) a cash cow. (laughs) (laughs) That's, if you want to marry someone, um, definitely call her a cash cow, gentlemen. (laughs) That's a surefire way. Okay, but Women in, more, in a more serious note, that's how I got my wife. You called her a cash cow? Yeah. Um, in a more serious note, that wasn't the serious note. That was still a joke. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that I thought was awesome, especially going back to focus on like the kind and unkind girl tail type, is that the woman by the water appeared as an old woman. Mm-hmm. originally and then the second time around she appeared as a young beautiful woman and i was like oh, crone and maiden oh. and then also yeah. tying it back into kind of like the cinderella thing is like in lots of the other stories it's the mother that is like the magical thing so it's like three of those you know mother maiden crone the three aspects of like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those you know yeah. types of characters i was like oh. yeah because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if that is 
Uh, I don't know if it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah, related yeah. or not, but the fact that that does work, yeah. whether it's a thing or not, is just cool to me. Yeah, it's just like interesting. Because, yeah, like, I, like I'm curious as to like in the Thai when they, because the translation here is, is like spirit slash angel uh-huh. is like what the wording is for it. And in Thailand, both like mythology, the religious kind of like pantheon of like what is possible in, in our different lives, like what can be, what we can be, um, reborn as like there, there's a lot more variation and nuance of like what possibly this right. entity could like be. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so I, I am curious as to like in the Thai, if, I mean, we've talked about in translations before, it's complicated when you have to pick like, one English word to describe what is a full concept yeah. in another language, but but the full concept is held within one word. And so you're trying right. to use one word for one word, but there's not a word that means the, yeah. the whole concept like in English. And so I, I just, I wonder about this, this entity in the woods. Yeah. Just where it kind of fits in, whether on a, religious mythology scale or like a, a folk belief scale or yeah. you know where where along that range this like spirit is but i mean it it is interesting that oh man i feel like we've talked about this before in another story but i can't remember where where it feels like it feels a little tricky that because to me i feel like i, I don't know i'm more prone personally to be compassionate towards somebody who looks like they need a lot of compassion. You know what I mean? Like if I see an old woman who cannot get down to the water, but she is like parched and tired, I am more likely to want to do that person a favor. Totally. Than somebody who looks wealthy sitting in the shade under a tree. Who's just like, Oh, you go get me water. Just, I almost feel like she has been like set up to fail the second, the second sister. Yeah. But it also makes me wonder, too, like the magical entity that this is, I kind of feel like, yeah, she's set up to fail, but that's because she already knows like the contents of this person's heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and, and that's the other thing. Here's the thing. Because I was like, why not let them prove their content by giving them like a fair chance? But it's not a fair chance because she already knows what's supposed to happen. That's true. So it's like it wouldn't be showing the contents of her heart because she knows, oh, I go to this old lady and I help her and then I get the flowers that come out of my mouth and I get rich. Like those aren't pure intentions. Yeah. So it's like she had to mix it up in a way that would say like, are you really kind? Because like uh, we also don't know like if it were still the first, you know, the kind sister. Yeah. If it were this younger woman that was asking like, hey, would you get me some water? Would she have done it? Still, it's like, we don't know, but it's like, I would say probably she would yeah, have. Yeah, you're right. You're you right. Know? But yeah, like in lots of the stories that are like this, it does seem kind of like the second girl's being a little bit set up. But we, you know, it's only on analyzing it right, like in for a podcast or something that we like actually care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We're like, we're going to let it slide because we know that this girl is awful and deserves to have worms coming out of her mouth. Let's, let's yeah. just get there. Yeah, because it is like, no, we know, even though we're not magic fairies, we know, too, what kind of a person she is, like, on the inside. And, again, like, what you and I had kind of, like, talked about, 
like earlier in the episode of she has the choice. She can stop saying unkind things if she wants the worms to stop coming out of her mouth. Right. She can cut it out. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't like worms coming out of your mouth, then stop saying like ugly and disgusting things. Yeah. Because it's interesting, too, because like, can you choose to be like sympathetic and compassionate towards someone? Yeah. It's like you kind of can, like you can make that choice. But I also think that that's sort of like a harder choice to make. Like you could, on a whim, Mm -hmm. I could be, I could get angry. I could think of something that is going to make me angry right now if I wanted to. That's true. Just thinking about how angry I could become, just thinking about it makes me so angry. (laughs) You just reminded me of like i i just like made like a realization of and you and i have had this conversation before i want to say that it was the the pot of honey Mm. bonus episode that we made oh long like time ago which Uh, is a great episode and if you want to have access to it you should support (laughs) us on patreon plug but one of the things that we talked about in that story is a concept that i learned very strongly like living in thailand and that is that when you let your ugliness out, like through shouting at other people, through saying hurtful, mean things, like when you bring that into being with the power of your words, you are bringing something ugly into the world. Like yeah. you are you are creating more ugliness by doing that. You're spitting and, worms on everyone. Yeah, you're spitting worms on everybody. Even if it's just like, like you and I saying that it's like, oh, metaphorical, but like in in the grand scheme of things, in the way that that is kind of taught, like in Thai culture, at least the way I was taught, like when when I learned this in Thailand is like, you are physically creating ugliness and ugliness that other people can feel. Like it's not- yeah. It's and even if you are not yelling at somebody, if you are yelling like in public, if you are being unkind in public, you're affecting everybody who is within earshot of you. You are because of like because of what you are creating and bringing into being. It is like it is a real and physical thing that people can feel. Yeah, that can you know if it can't be touched, but they can feel it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same way with like kindness that like when you are showing compassion and kindness, I mean, this is a thing that scientists have noted. Yeah. That when humans, yeah, it's like when humans watch videos of other people being kind, they get a, a, a feel good in themselves. Even if somebody, they're not being kind to you, they, you're nowhere, you're just watching a video online of somebody being kind. You get those feel goods as if you had done something kind or as if somebody had done something kind to you. And so people enjoy like watching videos of that because they can physically feel those good things coming out. And so, yeah, you just like, yeah, you made me realize like, wait, no, worms really are coming out of her mouth and everybody else's mouth when they are that type of person. And like flowers and beauty is being created when somebody is being kind and and speaking like goodness and compassion. Yeah, I'm in like a, a leadership class right now and studying about, you know, like leadership or whatever. And they talk about that. 
it's not something just in leadership, but especially like when a leader behaves in a certain way, like they talk about like, you know, affective contagion or attitude contagion. And it's that thing, like if, especially someone who's in like a, a position of influence and it doesn't have to be like, you know, a boss, but someone that is seen to just have like social influence, especially, but it happens even, you know, with other people as well, but it's like, they have a really strong influence with their attitude. Like if they're in a positive attitude that is contagious and people are going to be positive. And again, like studies have shown that this is like a thing that happens. It's like a phenomenon that happens. So it's, it's really interesting. It's really cool. Yeah. I love that. And it really does just, again, reinforce kind of that message and going back to what you had said and pointed out, that's not like explicitly stated, but like how, it happens at an individual level, like a family level, a kingdom level. And that's yeah. why it's so important. And again, going back to this whole like attitude contagion thing, like if yeah. you want your kingdom to be happy and kind, put leaders in who are happy and kind people. And that contagion on these people from these people that have, it sounds weird to have a, like a positive contagion. A positive contagion. <laughs> let you know us, I mean? let like, us all become a positive contagion. This positivity is going to go viral in the kingdom, <laughs> which viral also in the pandemic times uh, <laughs> is like not the best, you know, metaphor. But yeah, like it, it's going to go on and it's going to spread. And yeah. it's, it's so great. I love that it like so like doubles and triples down on what is the common message throughout this tale type of like being kind is great so yes. be kind <laughs> yeah and because and, we've talked about like other types of this like kind and unkind girls like tale where the what is being rewarded in the stories is it like it, it's to teach a lesson like it's very explicit that it's to teach a lesson to girls and it's been interesting to look at what that is like what the quality inside the story is that they're looking for. And so looking at this one, it's really interesting because it is like, it's about what is, what comes out of you? Like the, the, the verbal, what comes out of you reveals what's inside of you, the type of person that's like inside of you. Yeah. Which is kind of a unique angle on it as yeah. well. Yeah. Cause it's not, that's not like so explicit, like, Oh, like saying kind things in other ones. Like, again, I just think of, Cinderella yeah. being the most thing but it's like like you know serving and doing like doing things for other people yeah becomes which is the kind of like you know inciting incident yeah. of I'm, like she did a kind deed for this old woman but because of this compassion that she had inside of her yeah. and then now her kind words will go out so like that is a really interesting again another like twist on that you yeah. I haven't seen in any other stories like this that I can remember yeah that that we've like discussed so far yeah and you're like, I've actually read like 20 of these that are <laughs> yeah, so no, like it, but like... <laughs> um, Jeff, yes, that's a very good comment on the ones that we've studied yes, so far. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I want everyone to know that Jeff is the, the <laughs> idiot here. I know that there are others, but we'll let him well, have his little observation. No, but them. but like also like I, I know that like some of our listeners, uh, the, the yeah. stories that they've heard are the stories that you've yes. heard or whatever. Right. Um, and, and, and some so, of them are going to be like you and they would be like, um, actually Jeff, yeah, which, which I love actually, because yeah, yeah. I get to learn something new. Yeah. So, um, I appreciate that you brought that up, but yeah, no, I don't want you or any of our <laughs> listeners who like, you know, have the same amount of like knowledge as you to think yeah. that, that I'm like, eh, well, you're dumb for not knowing every single story. Like, no, no, no. I didn't feel like, that way. Okay, good. And I want to make sure that I don't make you feel that way. 
or any but it's because it doesn't negate the fact that I think that that's a really interesting aspect. Oh yeah, of no, 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 it does. Yeah, because like this is a an an angle and a type that yeah that we haven't like looked at yet of this type of story of like yeah. this because of how their words bring things into being. Yeah. Right, and you did talk about like the in this episode the French you know the Charles Perrault version where it's yeah. diamonds and toads coming in the mouth. So it's yeah. like you know that one exists. So it does exist other places, but yes, yes, yes. Still interesting. Fascinating. Love it. Yeah. And you know what? For all I know, we probably have talked about it before and I just yes. forgot. <laughs> and then also like, I, I love how this one, it does end with this like message of what's good for a kingdom leaders that are sympathetic and compassionate yeah. That like they they think about other people and they feel for other people. Like there's that important like aspect too of the story, which yeah, we haven't seen in other stories where it is this thing where it's like, oh, now this girl is gonna get covered in gold coins and this one's gonna get covered in like tar. Yeah. And then the pretty girl goes off and gets married. Like, yeah, like it, it doesn't have that same like end of like, this is what's like good for like a kingdom. And that yeah, it too really is, like ties like, it all together. In this angle. One too. Yeah. So I thought what would be interesting was to look at another unkind, kind girl's tail type. Cause this is still considered on the, the university of Missouri um, online. They have the, uh, like lists of the ATUs and like where to mm-hmm. find some of like their stories and what stories have been categorized in these like places. Um, so this one has been categorized as ATU 480, kind and unkind girls, except it takes place in Japan and it is less about um, kind girls and it's about two old men. <laughs> I love that. Yes. That's and- like the type of like turning the tail on its head <laughs> sort of thing that we would like do now. They're like, let's do a remake of this, but instead of young girls, let's have them be I don't old know, Japanese old men. men. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, are you on Coke, dude? Come on. <laughs> like, it's Cinderella, except like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I would see that. Yeah. Like a Japanese version of Cinderella with like old men with little little feet. How does I would just, be, like how does an old man then have like step <gasps> What if it's like a like a like a daughter-in-law or like a son-in-law? Like instead of going up in the in the generational like chart, it goes down. He's, he's, he's like, like a being, really mean He's and like being mis he's being mistreated by like his daughter-in-law. Or son-in-law to keep it like. Oh sure, why not? Male. Yeah. Okay, I like that. He's yeah, being mistreated yeah. by his son-in-law. I'll get started on the. I like that mystery. An elderly man, elder abuse by a son-in-law. To the, <laughs> love it. You're anyway, like, before yeah, I start like, writing a whole screenplay around this, um, about, I'll make a note of that. Like elder. Tell abuse. the actual story. <laughs> um. So this story is called "The Old Man Who." Made flowers blossom. That which, sounds like a Pixar movie. <laughs> just now I'm imagining the man from Up. Me too. Oh, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's going to be even more like that in a minute because there's a dog. Oh, yeah. But anyway, we're getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
So, oh, and you'll like this, how this starts off too. It has some uh, severe uh, Momotaro vibes. Ooh, yeah. So I like how this story starts off. It is. It is said that this once happened. I love the way, you know, like the the, like fairy tales, like start and end and in different cultures, they have like different starting and different endings. I love it. So a long time ago, there was an old man and an old woman who lived together in the mountains. And the old man would go out to the mountains to cut firewood and his like old woman wife would often go down to the river to get water, to get to wash clothes, to, you know, just all the maintenance that needed to be done at the house. That's what she was doing. So this one day while she was at the river washing clothes, (laughs) she saw a huge peach. No. Yes. What the heck? I know. Just a huge peach that came bobbing and floating down the river. So obviously, yeah, huge Momotaro vibes. Yeah, this is like, this is just the start of Momotaro. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're just retelling the same story. That's what, when I started reading this, I like went back. You're like, wait a second, am I reading? Yeah, I was like, I was like, did I go to the wrong, like, did I click the wrong, like, where am I? I know that, or I can pinpoint the origin of this story. It's like some person was telling the story to their like grandkids and they're telling the story of Momotaro (laughs) and the kids are like oh grandpa we've heard this one a hundred times already (laughs) and he's like oh no you haven't because and then like just suddenly switches he's like like, this one's different (laughs) um (laughs) anyway so this big huge peach comes bobbing and floating down the river and this old lady was like Oh my goodness, like this will be amazing. And so she gets into the water and she grabs this big peach and she carries it all the way home. And it says she put it like in this like back room in her house to deal with it, you know, when her husband came home. And pretty soon the, you know, her husband came down, this old man came down out of the mountains with all of the like wood on his back. And he was tired and he asked his wife, like, Oh, is there anything in the house that I can eat? I'm really hungry. And she was like, oh, yes. Today when I was washing clothes, a huge peach came down the river and I put it in the storeroom and like you can go back and eat however much you want of it because it's like huge. There's enough for all of us. It'll be fine. And he was like, oh, that sounds amazing. And that does sound amazing. Like a big juicy peach after like a hard day of like work. It's mm-hmm. like like nice and like you know juicy in your mouth when you're parched and also yeah. like sweet flavored and like filling. I'm like, oh, that does sound good. So he went into the storeroom, but there was not a peach there. Instead, what there was was a young puppy. Oh, I bet you weren't expecting that. No, even <laughs> though you told me there was going to be a dog, there was going to be a dog. Not where I expected it to come in. Yeah, the picture. And so you know he finds this dog and he goes to his wife and he's like. You said there was going to be a peach in there, but instead there's just this like sweet young puppy. And his wife was like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. It was a peach when I brought it home. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, that doesn't matter because it's a puppy now. And they both really loved and enjoyed this like puppy dog, like having this like puppy. And the dog grew bigger and bigger, you know, as the days went on and it was getting bigger. And, you know, they just enjoyed having this puppy, like, in their house. After, you know, it had grown for a while and been with them for a while, the dog spoke to the man. And he said, Grandfather, he called him Grandfather, please put a saddle on me. 
And the old man was like, I'm not going to put a saddle on you. You're too little. You're too little for a saddle. I wouldn't do that to you. And the puppy was like, oh, no, like, I I want you to please, please do it, grandfather. And so the old man put this saddle onto like the dog. And then the dog was like, oh, now I want you to put a straw bag onto me. And again, the man was like, oh, no, you're like, you're not big enough or strong enough to like be forced to carry anything like heavy in a straw bag. And the puppy was like, no, 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 I want you to. I want you to. And so the old man again's like, okay, if, if that's what you want, okay. Um, and then the puppy was like, oh, I want you to put like a hoe on my back, this like digging tool on my back. And again, the man was like, no, 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 like I'm, I'm not going to do that to you. It's too heavy. And the puppy was like, no, it's totally fine. I can carry it. I want you to put it on. So again, the man's like, okay, I'll do that. And then the dog told the old man, okay, now follow me. I want to show you somewhere to dig in the mountains. And so the old man was like, okay, I'll go with you. So he goes with this dog walking next to him. And they get to this place in the mountains. And the dog sits down and says, like, okay, you're going to need to start digging right here. So the man takes the hoe and he starts to dig. And after digging for a while, he finds a bunch of coins, just tons of different like denominations of like gold and silver coins, just coins, 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 like all hidden in the spot. And so the dog tells him, hey, with a straw bag, now fill the bag up with like these coins. And the old man was like, oh, I'll fill up the bag with the coins, but I will not let you carry them home. You're too little <laughs> to carry like a, ba- a big, heavy bag of coins home. Uh, and the dog was like, oh, no, I can do it. I'm strong. And the man's like, oh, OK, if you insist. So he ties the bag of coins like to the dog. And then the dog tells him to like jump on his back so that he can give him a ride down. And again, the old man's like, no, I'm not going to like ride on you. You're too small of a dog. (laughs) And the dog's like, no, I have the saddle on my back. You can ride me down. And the man's like, okay, if you insist. So he gets on the dog's back and they ride all the way back down to the house. (laughs) And he shows his wife all these coins. And she's just, you know, amazed that they were able to like find all these like coins. And so the old woman is given this big bag of coins and she's like, Oh, I better clean them and count them. So, you know, we know how much there is. So she's sitting there counting them and like going through them and their next door neighbor's wife comes over. So the next door neighbor's wife is also their neighbor, but to be specific, like their old neighbor wife, because we know what's going to happen. She's going to go home and she's going to tell her husband. Of course, of course. So she sees, this old lady counting the coins and she's like, whoa, where did you get all this money from? I thought you, you know, you're poor like us. And the lady said, oh, you know, that dog that we have, it took my husband up into this place in the mountain, showed him where to dig. And now we have like all this money that, you know, this other old woman, the old woman neighbor, she was like, oh, he is such a good dog. I wish that you would loan him to us for the day so that, you know, we could be as fortunate. And the old man and his wife were like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Like, there's, a, you know, there's enough magic dog for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because they and, were kind. 
Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were kind. They were like, just because we have a lot doesn't mean we don't want anybody else to have a lot. They're like, yeah. no, we should all have a lot. Um, and I mean, so, they really should be worried about inflation, but that's you know for a non-magical story. Yes, indeed. Especially like the two of them having you know bags of coins. <laughs> it's probably fine. They can go you know into town and they'll have them when. The dog got taken over to the neighbor's house. You know, the dog said to the neighbor, okay, old man, tie a straw bag on my back. And the old man basically said like, yeah, we know we borrowed you specifically so that we could put this (laughs) on your back. (laughs) And so he just like, you know, took it for granted that the dog wanted to do this and was like, okay. And just, you know, threw a saddle on the back of the dog, threw the like hoe onto the back of the dog, the straw bag, and then he hopped onto the dog and then he rode the dog up the side of the mountain and was just like, yeah, of course. So they went and went and went for some way. And then the dog stopped and was like, all right, you can dig here. So the man, you know, jumps off the dog, grabs the hoe, starts to dig. And after he's been digging for a really long time, he finds that he has dug a pit that quickly fills up with huge snakes, frogs, oh. and centipedes. Which, because, wow. yeah, I'm like, I feel like when people in like the United States hear like centipede, when when it's in the same list as like snakes, it's like, yeah. oh, centipede seems out of place. And it's like, no. Not if you've seen the ones, not if you've seen what I've seen. It's also like, but imagining like a centipede crawling on you, like, ah, like, you know, feeling like a spider or like an insect crawling on you is bad enough, but like, like a hundred legs. Yeah. But one that's like thick and like hard shell. Cause that's what like, like in Thailand, when they would curl up, they would be like as big as my face. Like when they're like rolled up. And it's like hard, shiny shell. Like Uh my husband laughs at me because I will classify bugs as like hand bugs, napkin bugs, shoe bugs. (laughs) Like, like because the method of execution. Yes, exactly. Like I will look at a bug and I will think that's a hand bug or like that's a napkin bug. Or that's a shoe bug. Shoe bugs are ones that like their 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 shell is so hard that I can't kill them with my hand. Right. Like I have to get a shoe. A shoe, yeah. Because it, like yeah, no, he laughs at me because and he enjoys having me in the house because um I don't freak out about bugs. Be, uh, I mean, I don't think I could have gotten through childhood if I was going to freak out about bugs. <laughs> it's just, you have to like see a bug and be like, all right, how do I remove this? Yeah. And it's just like instant, like a problem solving mode of like, Oh, how do I get rid of this? And so that's why I will like look at a bug, but these centipedes, those aren't shoe bugs. These centipedes are shovel bugs. Like <laughs> you, like you would need to like whack it, like with a shovel mm-hmm. to like crack that shell and kill it like no joke just it's not like a a beetle beetles are shoe bugs some beetles can be hand bugs and some beetles shouldn't they're fine leave them alone some beetles are friends some beetles are friends that's what like some spiders are friends anyway the the hole started filling up with snakes 
and frogs centip- and centipedes. No, it wasn't frogs. Toads. Um, I think it was frogs. Oh, yeah, say frogs. frogs, snakes, frogs, and centipedes. Look at that. I remembered. So he dug and dug, and the hole filled up with yeah. You can you know, cut and splice. These huge snakes, frogs, centipedes, all kinds of just like disgusting creatures. So this man immediately got very, very angry at the dog for leading him here. And he was like, why did you tell me to dig here? And so he starts beating the dog. Oh my gosh, I hate this person. With the hoe, yeah. With the hoe? With the hoe. Jeez. And he killed the dog. No. Yes. And then he threw the dog into the pit he dug. And he stuck a willow branch oh. over the grave to like mark it. I'm what? sorry. When I'm sorry. you started the story, you're like, oh, there's a dog. I was like, oh, that's nice. As long as the dog doesn't die, I thought in my head. But I was like, Dude, the dog's not going to die. And I, and I almost warned you. I was almost like, and spoiler alert, don't get too attached to this puppy. Oh, man. I I'm almost... glad you didn't. But also, I hate that it happened. <laughs> yes. It, I'm like, it is like horrible. So, yeah, this old man buries this dog, but he marks the grave with this like willow branch and then just like walks home. So when he gets home, uh, his wife was like, oh, give me the straw bag. I want to see all the coins, all the money that you that you got me. And he looks at the woman like in disgust and just like walks over to like his neighbor's house. And he like throws down like the straw bag. And he was like, you told me that that dog would tell me where to dig so I could get money but all he did was lead me to the most disgusting place that was full of snakes and centipedes and frogs it was disgusting and the the old man was like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that happened like where's the dog and the neighbor was like i killed your stupid dog oh my gosh i hope this guy kills the neighbor <laughs> but he won't he's too nice don't worry don't worry Jeff. karma yeah, I'm like unkind, kind stories. They sort yep. themselves out. Yep, yep. Um, and the neighbor was like, "What a terrible thing to have done to kill my dog! Tell me where you killed. Like, tell me where he is so that I can just like go get him." And so you know, the man told him like, "Oh yeah, he's like up this way in the mountain. You'll see where I marked it with like this willow branch." And so you know, the guy heads up the mountain to uh-huh. go and try to see if he can like bring back his dog. And so when he gets to where the willow branch was supposed to be stuck in the ground, instead of there just being a willow branch, a big willow tree had sprouted mm. like on that spot. And it was really beautiful. And the man decided what he was going to do was to cut down the willow tree and then make a hand mill. So something that grinds, like flour or like rice like it yeah yeah that he was going to make something out of this like willow tree to remember the dog by um yeah and so he you know brings the the wood back down to his wife and he gets to work and he makes this beautiful hand mill um so that he can you know he gave it to his wife as a like okay here's like something useful that can like come out of this like sadness and the old wife you know she's thankful that her husband made her something nice and she you know immediately starts to use it and as she's grinding it gold coins start to come out of it 
And so the more that, you know, they are like grinding, the more like these like gold coins are like coming out and pretty soon it's, you know, filling up their house with like all this gold. And of course, the neighbor's wife comes over and she's like, where'd all this gold come from? Where'd you get more gold? And, you know, they showed her like, oh, it's this like hand mill. Like when we turn it and they showed her as they're turning it <laughs> that, you know, this like gold coins are like coming out of it. And the greedy neighbor was like, oh, well, you have enough gold coins now. Couldn't you let me borrow the, the hand mill? And of course... I don't know oh. why. I would never let these people borrow anything again. No, my like you killed, they killed my dog, the dog the last time. Oh my You're goodness! Break my hand mill. I see. I think I see where this is going, and I'm getting very excited. So they bring the hand mill back to their own house, and they're excited because the neighbor, you know, wife tells like her husband, like, "Oh yeah, they were turning it, and like all these coins were coming out." And he was like, "That sounds great." So he starts cranking it, and cow feces like cow poop just starts flying all over their house it's getting like cranked out and you would think you would think after like the first turd popped out of that yeah mill, that, that, you that you would stop. stop yeah you and i you and i are both sane if something yeah. was pooping uh in my house like, uh, i wonder if it, it'll stop being poop the more that i do it yeah what? oh no? maybe if i do it no. harder but they just kept trying because they wanted like gold coins the to gold. come out. But they're like, but maybe they had to get through all the poop and they cleaned it up before we got there. And then <laughs> yeah. it's gold coins later on. First it's poop and then it's coins. So that, you know, they kept going and pretty soon. They were like, oh, stop, stop, stop. This is like disgusting. Like, this is horrible. Quit what you're doing. And the old man, like in disgust, he took the hand mill and he threw it into the fire so that the wood would just like burn up. What? Why is this no. guy got to just destroy everything? I know. Oh my gosh. Like, it's not yours. Somebody yeah. let you borrow it that doesn't mean you can destroy oh my goodness yeah. people oh gracious so after a little while of him not returning the hand mill the old man went over to his neighbor's house to see like where it was and he got there and you know he was like hey where's my hand mill and the neighbor was like that hand mill was disgusting it shot like <laughs> cow poop all over my house like it was so nasty that we threw uh, that, it into fair. our fire yeah <laughs> But He's, still, you don't. Yeah, you don't burn other people's stuff. You bring it back to their house and be like, "Hey, this thing's just pooping everywhere." Yeah, like this thing's nasty. And, and the old man was just like, "Why have you done this terrible thing? Do you at least still have? Because this was supposed to be like a memento, like of that dog yeah. that you loved." Yeah. And he was like, "Do you have like the ashes left over from the fire of like when you burnt this thing? Like, at least give me the ashes." And this guy was like, fine, they're in the corner of the fireplace, like do what you want, grab what you want. And so he, you know, went and scooped up the, um, the ashes from this like hand mill from the willow tree that his dog was buried under. And so this man, he takes like this cup of ashes and he decides that he wants to just, you know, scatter these ashes like around his home and like where he lives. Mm -hmm. And so he climbs up this tree. And for some reason, he exclaims out loud for probably reasons, cultural reasons I'm unaware of. But he says, I am Japan's number one ash scattering old man, <laughs> which is an interesting claim. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this samurai who was passing by mm -hmm. heard him and, you know, stopped and like turned around and like looked at this old man. And he was like, well, if you're the number one scattering man, like ash scattering man, like let's let's see you scatter those ashes. So the the old man, you know, took a scoop full of the ashes 
And he threw them out like over the land Mm -hmm. beneath the tree. And as they were, as the ashes like floated into the wind, they transformed into plum and cherry blossoms. Oh. And so it just like scattered these beautiful blossoms like all over the place. And the samurai was like, oh my goodness, that was beautiful. That was so incredible. Here, have some money. <laughs> and like handed him a bag of money, you know, for like the the beauty that he watched like this man, you know, create and uh-huh. scatter. And so the the old man, he climbed down out of the tree and he went inside his house with the money and the neighbor old woman, I don't know if she can hear money being counted uh-huh. or what, but that seems like whenever she comes over. She's like, oh, what is this? She's like, what's that sound I hear? Is that the sound of you counting money? Is so she, she going like, to start throwing poop around? Be like, oh, look at me. I'm the number one poop throwing old woman in all of Japan. <laughs> That'd be the best. That you are, lady. Gosh. That you are. Spreading poop everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. She is. These two people. The number one crappiest people <laughs> in all of Japan. And so the old lady was like, oh, where'd you get this new bag of money? And they told her like what had happened. And so this lady, she like rushes back to her house and she's like, oh, like hear what happened to the neighbor just now. Like you should do that too. So he like starts to like scoop up some more of the ashes that he had like in his house. And then he climbed up into this tree and waited until a samurai came like walking (laughs) by. And the samurai seeing this like old man crouched like up in this tree and it's like a different samurai. Yeah. Um, But he like looks up and he sees this like old man crouched in this like tree and he's like, who's up there in this tree? And the old man shouts down, I am Japan's number one ash scattering old man. (laughs) And the samurai was like, all right, let's see you do it. And so the man reaches for his like bag of ash and he throws it out and instead of it you know turning into beautiful flower blossoms it flew straight into the samurai's eyes just all this like ash and dirt straight in the samurai's eyes and he became very very angry Uh and uh the story just ends with like and so this is why we must never try to imitate other people and then it ends with like a you like a certain kind of end phrase. It says, no matter whether it is told or not, this is the way it happened, which I think is a like an interesting like ender we can talk about like in a second. But it ends with like this, this like, oh, and this is why we shouldn't imitate other people. Yeah, that seems but, interesting. Yeah, like. it seems like an, an off end to uh-huh. the story. <laughs> but I mean, because I, I like I would basically like end it with like you get what you put out into the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it may like, be crappy. if you put, yeah, if you put crap out into the world, that you're, you're going to get crap back. Like, that's what it is. So it's really interesting to me that this story is considered an unkind, kind girl. <laughs> story. There are women in the story, but like the, it's mainly about these two old men. <laughs> yeah. that I love that. One thing that's interesting People have listened to the podcast before know that I lived in Japan 
for two years. So I've like even less claim to any, I have no claim to anything culturally in Japan, but I'd also minored in Japanese um, in college. And in some, we had to read, like I took like a Japanese literature class. And I think uh-huh. it was in this class that I learned about, like there was like a thing, it was like a kind of like a law in, you know, Japan back in the day, kind of like the feud, in feudal Japan uh-huh. where like a samurai could, if you like, Threw ash exactly, in their face? Oh. Not through ash in their face, but if you did something to like, to like kind of even like just like besmirch, like if you insulted a samurai in the street or you like hit them or something like that, like they were legally within their rights to just kill you on the spot. That's so interesting because that's where I thought that the story was going to go, but it didn't ever say that. I wonder if it was, it's implied. If I, I think it might be because I remember there were a number of stories and there are a lot of them, like they have, there's some, again, like Buddhist stories that have that sort of element of the samurai, you know, who's allowed to do that. And there's some where it's like, you know, but the samurai chooses not to because of whatever, or, you know, there's, so there's like a, yeah. there's kind of like this whole trope of that being used in storytelling for effect. So I'm like, I, it's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of implied. People are like, oh, the, it flew in that samurai's face. That samurai's totally gonna just like slash that guy open. Yeah. But like, and, and so it's like this implied, oh, he's going to get what's coming to him. Yeah. And there's a, there's like a name for it too, like this specific thing. And I can't remember, I can't remember what it is, but it's like super fascinating. What I thought was interesting in that the the ender, and this is kind of like neither here nor there about like the story itself, but this like, no matter whether it is told or not, that is the way it happened. Uh-huh. Like, I like that as a thing of like, whether we're talking about it or not, it took place and it's indisputable. Yeah. Like this, like whether we tell our stories or not, it doesn't mean that they, you know, haven't happened. Which is interesting because how did it start? Because it started with saying something like, it is said that this once happened. Yeah, exactly. It is like, said that this once happened. Was That's an exact quote. Good memory. <laughs> uh, that, I'm glad I remembered correctly. But it's kind yeah, of funny because like, cause even that is like, it said that this once happened. Like even the storyteller is kind of like, Hey, I just heard this. Like, it might be true. It might not be true. You know, they're kind of distancing themselves. Yeah, it is said that this once happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, it is interesting. It's like, whether we tell it or not, it did happen. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it is sort of like a little mirror image going on there too. But yeah, I love, I mean, we've talked about this before. One of the things that I really love, it's like in the different cultures, like the beginning and endings to the stories, like the kind of stock phrases and things are so interesting yeah it's like an an element of like fairy tales and it's interesting to see like what is used to frame a story kind of like in in the performance of like a story of like how you enter into a story so that the audience kind of flows with you into the story and then how you you pull back out of it again and like feel free to correct this and like ruin it for me because i i value the truth oh okay but it seems like it's, you know, I I constantly keep in the back of my mind the fact that we are always reading English translations mm-hmm. and the fact that the translator, like, when in English knows that in English we have these, like, once upon a time sort of a thing that they would be like, oh, we need to add something to it. So I'm always, like, a little bit like, was this something that was added? But, like, in Japanese, I know, I don't know about that, but, like, there is, like, yeah. a whole thing, like, mukashi mukashi, which is, like, a, like like long ago, long ago sort of a thing that starts, yeah. that starts stories. And like, so I'm just, you know, I'm always expecting my heart to be broken and be like, 
Actually, oh, yeah. that's not a thing. It's just something that translators are adding because um, they wanted it to be cool or something. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, it, it is a thing. That's awesome. And I that's what, it. and that's why, like, uh, people like to look at, people who are stud- who study, like, uh, fairy tales like to look at what other cultures do, do like, yeah. what they do to, like, frame it. Because, like, it even goes back into, like, in some cultures... They want people to realize that a story is not true, but that a story also, it's not a lie. And yeah. then there are some cultures that say like, uh, at like, you know, basically something that's essentially like, and now if you'll let me lie to you for like a while and then like they tell. And so it's interesting because like, you know, some people frame it in this way of like, like, I'm about to tell you a lie that reveals a truth about us all. Or they very much are like, now this is not a lie, but, and then, uh-huh. you know, they like tell a story, but it, it is interesting how, how these tales do in different cultures get framed. They don't get framed in the same way. Like what you were saying of like, once upon a time in a land far away and right. then, and end with like, and they all lived happily ever after. There's but, different things that yeah. like emphasize a different thing. Yeah. But so often in different cultures, they do have their kind of like set things that they say or like a, a yeah. variety of them because yeah. again like you know not all not all fairy tales even even the german french italian like collections start or end with once upon a time and right. end with happily ever after yeah but yeah so no i'm not gonna break your heart by telling you that like oh no it's just that an, an english translator knew that we needed this as english speakers like no it's it, they they do frame those those stories i'm so happy to hear that yeah. Um, so I absolutely loved this story. Just uh not because a dog died. Of course, that was like the worst element of it. Yeah, it was, and I wish the dog didn't have to die. I am disappointed that the dog also did not come back to life. I know. What it's really sweet that he like went back up there. You know what I mean? Like the the old man went all the way back up there just to kind of like be where his dog was like laid to rest. And then yeah. was like, oh, this tree is growing there. I'm going to do something so I can remember and honor this dog. Yeah. That I loved. Which that is that is like a very touching element that I liked. And also the fact that the dead, I want to say relative very loosely. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I know, that yeah, was I know where buried, you're going. And then there's mm-hmm. the tree that is growing from it. And that tree also producing like magical golden coins coming right yeah, out of it. I was like, very <sighs> Cinderella. Yeah, it's like so cool. Anyway, and it's one of those things that I know you pointed out because you definitely have to, where it's like, it doesn't mean that they are actually like directly connected or anything, but it yeah, is but it so is fascinating to me yeah. that it is there, you know, whether yeah. it's coincidental or not. I just, it just tickles me. To yeah. No end. Yeah. Uh, because it is like, this is so similar, but also different because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to chop down this tree instead of like the tree, like just like showering coins or whatever. And so it's like, it is very different. Yeah. But also at the same time, yeah, that that image of like a grave that now has this like magical tree growing on it is like, wait, I've seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> and like in a tail type, so similar. But yeah, I just, I thought it was so fascinating that inside of like the ATU index, that that's the classification for this story is like ATU 480, just because it is like, 
Yeah, like a tale of like a kind and an unkind person and like consequences from that. And it shows just, I don't know, like just an interesting variety of stories, especially when the ATU index gets opened up to kind of more stories outside of like European folk tales. Yeah. And 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 a little like looser of uh like you know what is expected. Yeah. And it's like I don't know. It 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 shows that as important as it is to have stories that tell um expected behavior for girls to have in a society it's like oh you know but also these stories exist that show you know what's important for like all people even if they're old men they they still need to be like good people so one last thing that i want to kind of like point out and talk about is that you know when i did look up you know one of the biggest lists online of the you know the atu index and the stories that are connected to it the story of pequin thong is not on the list even though it is almost exactly like toads and diamonds yeah and so for me like this is just like a reminder that like when this index was like being created it was never capable of holding on to all stories or knowledge of all stories like throughout the world like it is still being updated and researched and curated and changed to include more types of tales that they just didn't have in the european section of tales but then also kind of like the work that needs to be done in other areas to include more of these like stories and one thing that is like just beautiful about like doing the podcast and hearing from other people from like outside of the United States or Europe, like just what's considered like the West. When we hear from people who are listening to our podcast and they have these like tale suggestions for us, it creates an opportunity to get stories out that wouldn't necessarily be on like anybody's radar. And so It is seriously, it is such a pleasure when people like write in and tell us about their country's stories and, you know, give us links to follow, to look up stories. And so just thank you, Lena, for encouraging us to do a episode on uh, some Thai fairy tales. And I doing research, I seriously was like, oh, man, there's so much more Thai stuff that I want to cover now. And, of course, the more I cover, like, Thai fairy tales, the more I end up, you know, finding other stories to, like, go with it from other places. And so thank you, Lena, for, like, writing in. And also, like, thanks to everybody, like, around the world who listens and is encouraging our project. It's really beautiful just seeing how the ocean of stories, like, flows all over the world. Thank you for listening to The Fairy Tellers. If you enjoy what we're doing, please leave us a review or share us with your friends. Also consider supporting us on Patreon for access to exclusive bonus content, including outtakes and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash thefairytellers. 
Special thanks to Andrew Foray for our music and to Clarice Inge for our artwork. And of course, a big thank you to all our patrons. Without all of you, this show wouldn't be possible. Fairy tales are always more interesting when something is added to them. Each new telling recharges the narrative, making it crackle and hiss with cultural energy. Maria Tatar. That was a delightful episode.